spending time naming what is giving you life, what makes you laugh, what you've just enjoyed. It's not trivial. It's just not. This is Death, Sex, and Money. The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. I'm Anna Sale. Here at Death, Sex, and Money, we usually put together special year-end episodes, looking back at moments we're proud of, and also to make some space to reflect on all that we've been collectively going through. This year, we're doing things a little differently. Hi, Lori. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I was just finishing up with someone, so. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Thanks for fitting this in between your sessions. Lori is my therapist. I have leaned on Lori a lot this year as my brain has spun around different stresses and big questions. And at one point back in the spring when I was feeling particularly spenny as my book was about to come out, she offered me a new thought exercise, one that I've found very helpful about savoring Savoring to me is a really big way to be in the moment. And usually when there's anxiety, we're in often the past or the future, you know, sort of spinning out on something else. And so I think that was part of where it came up with something that might be useful when we were speaking, right? But but that's one of the tenets when I think of savoring. Uh, So an example could be, I think we even talked about this, you know, being outside because you like that. So like (laughs) maybe being in the sunshine, right? So usually a very common thing is someone may be aware of, oh, this is what a nice day or I like the sunshine. But how often do you actually take even a minute where you actually really enjoy the sunshine? And so that might be, sitting down and closing your eyes and just like literally breathing and taking it in. Mm. Or maybe it's visual, like you're using your vision to sort of take in the beauty of the trees around you or right, but stopping and actually like taking it in. Mm. Well, I, I think that's why one of the things that I really responded to was this idea of savoring feels, it feels so active and it's not, um, right. it's not like, you know, I've told myself before to be in the moment. I've told myself when I'm trying to meditate right. to, like, stop thinking that, you know, right. and just, like, be in the moment. Um, but yeah. savoring is, like, no, I'm going to make mm. room to notice this. It, That's right. Which is so, it just feels mm-hmm. much more um, concrete to me. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. It is active. And I like what you just said. Of course, it never works to say, stop that. (laughs) It doesn't really work, right? I keep trying. (laughs) Yeah, we all do, right? So savoring is what we are talking about as we end this year. And how to do what my therapist says, to make space for it. Because having the intention to savor what is happening around you and actually doing it are two very different things. My swirling brain knows this intimately. But someone who has helped me with this over this year is Kendra Adachi. She hosts a podcast called The Lazy Genius. She has a book called The Lazy Genius Way. I first learned about her work from producer Katie Bishop, and I have come to see her really 
as a master communicator about how to organize your life and create routines that work for you, that serve you, something she says she developed out of necessity. I have what I refer to as a caffeinated squirrel brain. Um, (laughs) And so this has to be present in my life, like savoring the present moment or I'm not a functioning person. Kendra's work is all about creating systems around the things you've decided matter, like making time and space to savor. I have kind of automated my savoring, Mm. if you will. Um, One of the biggest ways I've done that is with music, because music is something that just makes me feel like myself. When I walk into the kitchen in the morning to start the day, I start a playlist. I make playlists because those are decisions. They're, they're based on mood. So I, I have these decisions that have already been made around this thing that brings me back to myself that's really helpful. And then another thing that helps me sort of be present and aware is cross-stitching. That's like my new thing hmm. is I have decided that whenever I am feeling when the squirrel is really active, which is most of the time, I will sit down at night, especially rather than making a list Rather than starting some big project, rather than whatever, I will, I will just cross-stitch because it keeps me present. I have to pay attention to what I'm doing, but it's not, uh, it's not easily measurable. It's measurable enough in like stitches, but it's not changing anybody's life. And so we're moving kind of the pressure of the, of the productivity, of the savoring, of the like gripping, gripping our awareness of what's happening around us, like so hard that we lose the whole point. Cross-stitching helps me release my grip a little bit. Mm. So those are the two things that I've done. That's what I'm going to do, to savor and be present and notice where I am. And you're making me realize, you, you, like me, are a parent. You are a parent of three people. And I'm thinking, like, for me, the intention to savor does feel a little bit intention with the idea that I'm in charge of these small people who are constantly vying for my attention. Um, and and what I love about the playlists is they they're things you can do in the midst of the swarm of the chaos. You know, you can still be savoring or doing your your thing that you've decided to do, even as someone is saying, I need a snack. Can you help me in the potty, et cetera? Your children might be saying different things because they're a little older, but that's that's what I think it's in the way of my savoring. <laughs> yes. No, my my youngest just <laughs> might be too much information here, everyone, but my my youngest has just learned to wipe her own rear. And it's the, it's the delight of my life. And I think even if someone doesn't have kids, we all have that. We have work. We have, we have aging parents we're taking care of. We have kids. We have whatever it is. If there are things that are interfering, maybe, with your ability to just sort of be yourself in that moment, to choose something, not five things, not ten things, a single thing that you're right, can exist as a through line, no matter who's around you, that can make you feel like yourself. You're talking about savoring and noticing, but also paying attention to how the marrow of who we are, like the things that make us happy, the things that make us ourselves, the things that make us feel connected to other people, a lot of times those are things that we dismiss as unimportant. And they... I think they're some of the most important. It just brings a tremendous amount of joy. Another thing Kendra told me 
It can also be overwhelming to even think about what you want to savor. Kendra's team at The Lazy Genius developed a tool to help you make time to just list out what you love and savor. They called it the favorite file, and we have a link to it in our show notes. Coming up, with that as my inspiration, and with apologies to Oprah, my list of savor it things from 2021 after the break. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. In the spirit of savoring, and in hopes of inspiring you to make your own list of savorites, I'm going to share six things that I have truly savored in 2021. Stories, performances, moments that I found arresting, where I felt appreciation, delight, and totally absorbed. For this list, I added one more qualification. I wanted all of these things to be something you could pull up on a device and press play to enjoy. So at any time this holiday season or in the next year, they are here for on-demand savoring. Yo! Hey! Indy Mafia have been telling everybody they're at war with y'all. Told them y'all was the reservation dogs. Since y'all didn't like Reds bandits. (laughs) Yeah, they said this is Day Street. Number one on my list is the show Reservation Dogs. It follows four best friends in the reservation community in Oklahoma where they live. And I loved getting to know them, their families, even the local cop who drives his cruiser around. The episode that followed him was actually one of my favorites because it led me down rabbit holes of appreciation for Native actor Wes Studi and the band Redbone. Redbone? The band, it's a band's name. I don't know them. Well, it's before your time. <clears throat> All Indian band, it's the only tape I play. Hey, yo, hey, yo, what's the matter with your mind? Number two is another coming-of-age story that I really loved, the movie Plan B. It starts with a familiar teen movie setup. Someone's parents are away, there's a big party that brings everyone out, and everyone is talking about sex. Like here, where one friend gives the other a flavored condom. But it's not for sex. I mean, it is, but uh, it's not why I'm giving it to you. It's like a good luck charm, right? Like a rabbit's foot. Tastes like strawberries. Then this movie spirals in so many unexpected directions as the two best friend characters set off on a road trip to a women's health clinic. Right. I will. All right. Okay. Get them. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. Okay. Have fun. (laughs) Yes. Make good choices. Number three, something I have really savored this year, the kids show Bluey. It delivers 10-minute packets of total delight. It's about a family of dogs, and nothing makes my kids laugh out loud more consistently. It also makes me feel totally seen as a parent in 2021. In my favorite episode, Mom, Dad, Bluey, and her little sister Bingo are all piled into the parents' bed, playing games and lazily talking about Australian potty slang. That episode is called Dunny. Chloe's parents let her say it. Well, then that's fine for Chloe. She can say it. But how come she can say it and we can't? Because different families have different rules. And in this family, we don't say Dunny. Dunny's free. <laughs> Dad said it! Dad said it! Said what? I was just... 
Number four on my list of things I've savored is a bit of a curveball, but trust me. One night this year, my husband and I were searching YouTube on our TV and just decided to look up tap dancing. We came upon the challenge scene from the 1989 movie Tap, and it is worth watching and re-watching. There's Sammy Davis Jr., there's Gregory Hines, and in this scene, many other veteran, elder dancers all trying to one-up each other and show what they can still do. It is a beautiful scene. And then a moment of savoring from when we were producing one of our episodes. I totally latched on to a song by Beverly Glenn Copeland, a live performance of Deep River. It feels like church whenever I turn it on. Thanks to Afi Yellow Duke for introducing me to Glenn's music. I love this song. Deep, deep river long. I want to cross over into campground. And finally, number six on my list of savorite things from 2021 is for anyone who has ever felt righteous anger at someone they loved who didn't love them well back. But what I won't deal with, I'm not going to deal with a man who can't even be honest or direct about what he wants. You will savor this breakup scene from season two of the TV show Love Life. You're not a king. You're a little ass boy. It did feel like, um, it felt like justice for uh, broken-hearted people everywhere <laughs> to get to deliver that line. That's Ego Wodum with that epic withering line. You may also know her from SNL, and I really loved seeing her as this character on Love Life. Will said to me, by the way, when we were doing that scene and I, we had the big argument and I storm out. At one point, Will, who is so brilliant in Love Life, says to me, you really hurt my feelings back there. And I go, well, then I'm doing my job. Oh. <laughs> Will, who I know yeah. as William Jackson Harper, you know as Will. You you burned yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was just one moment Ego has savored this year. When we Zoomed together last week, she told me about another one from an impression for SNL that grew out of internet scrolling she noticed she was savoring the biting and supremely assured tweets of R&B legend Dionne Warwick and had the idea to do a talk show sketch. Welcome to the Dionne Warwick talk show, a show where I ask celebrities whatever I want to know. When we did it, I was actually a little nervous that this woman, legend who I respect so much, may be offended by it. I mean, it came from, it certainly came from a place of love. So the day after the first time I did it on that Sunday, when she expressed like embrace and that she'd enjoyed the impression, I felt like a wave of joy and calm come over me. Dion indicated her approval of Ego's impression via tweet. And then in a follow-up SNL sketch, Ego got to perform with Dion herself. Dion, why are you perfect? <laughs> Darling, I'm not perfect. I'm just very, very good. 
I'm doing this thing because I really enjoy it. And I revere this person who turns out is freaking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And the loop is sort of closed when they like receive it warmly and are proud of it and proud of me and, and, and affirms my talent in a way. One of my friends actually, my friend Rashida printed her tweet and framed it for me that said, you did a wonderful job, baby. You are a star, the red heart emoji. I'm reading it now from my bed um, because it sits on my desk. There was something so affirming about it. Like it just felt like such a complete experience in a way. And then the other thing that I savored when it came to you this year was I I really loved um, getting to know some of your favorite things. And I was reading about it in the New York Times. And then I saw that you mentioned our show. And Ego, I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so happy. I mean, it was, it's true. I'm a regular listener of the show. It's been many, many years because I remember being on the floor in my bedroom in Santa Monica, probably the first time I used to get ready on the floor for the day. Just my, <laughs> it was a in front of and doing my makeup on the floor. It's more comfortable that way. But um, I, I I remember the first time I listened to an episode of uh, Death, Sex, and Money, and so and, and then it, it just became such a routine part of my life. So that's it's true. And so I thank you, and I savor your work and what you guys are doing over here to make us all feel so connected and um, okay and comfortable in our own humanity. Oh, thank you. Um, wait, I want to understand, you would put your makeup on laying on the ground, like hold a hand mirror? And- on the floor. Yeah. No, I, I had it. No, no, no. My, my, I had a, in my bedroom was one of those like floor to ceiling kind of mirrors. And so I would sit on the floor in front of that mirror and do my makeup and get ready for the day. Oh, I was picturing I, you being totally horizontal, staring at the ceiling. And no, okay. <laughs> it's not as weird. So it's still weird, but not as weird as it's initially sounded. <laughs> um, only mildly weird. That's Ego Wodum, and I am savoring that she may listen to Death, Sex, and Money in the same room where that tweet from Dionne Warwick sits framed. Ego stars on Saturday Night Live and in the HBO Max show Love Life. She's in season two, which is excellent. And if you still need more things to savor, among the other things she listed as her favorite things in that New York Times piece were Jay-Z, gold jewelry, and yerba mate tea. Death, Sex, and Money is a production of WNYC Studios in New York. We are listener-supported, which means we rely on the people who listen to us one by one to make the decision to make a financial contribution. That, along with ads, is how we pay for this work. If you enjoy Death, Sex, and Money, if you savor it even, we hope that you will join in and support our work. Go to deathsexmoney.org slash donate or text DSM to 70101 and we'll send you back a link to get your donation in. Do it by the end of this year and you may thank yourself come tax time. One more thing, if you don't already receive our weekly newsletter, sign up. Next week, I'm going to share more of my favorite things from 2021, along with links. That newsletter is put together by the Death, Sex, and Money team, who includes Katie Bishop, Affie Yellowduke, Caitlin Pierce, Emily Botine, Andrew Dunn, and our intern, Sarah Dealey, who we are saying goodbye to at the end of this year. Thank you for all you have done for us. 
Thank you also to Kendra, Ego, and my therapist, Lori. And I wish you all a warm and restful season of savoring. I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC.